Hi, this is Aaron Azrod, and I am joined with Gabby as we embark on the second part of our series, What Does It Mean to Be Social? By now, if you've ever applied to jobs, you've probably been subjected to one or more personality tests with questions such as, on a scale from one to 10, rate how difficult it is to introduce yourself to new people. After randomly bubbling in these questions, you were probably listed as being either an introvert or an extrovert. In fact, the big five, one of the latest and greatest tools in psychology, actually lists extroversion as one of its biggest subcomponents. But what if there is no such thing? Take, for example, the kid at his local junior high school that is really, really into comic books, and that's all he ever wants to talk about. Observing this kid from a distance, he might appear to be a real introvert, seldom fraternizing with any of his classmates and keeping his opinions and thoughts bottled up inside. But then throw this same boy into the Javits Center during Comic-Con, and he becomes the absolute life of the party, arguing how Frank Miller's Batman is the best version of the caped crusader. Indeed, whether one is labeled an introvert or extrovert may have more to do with the people they are surrounded by than what's actually going on inside. Pushing the extrovert out in me, I am once again joined with Gabby. Gabby, how would you describe our comic book loving friend? Hi, Aaron. Thanks for having me again. My pleasure. Um, it's funny that you bring up comics because it like makes me flutter, like my heart's <laughs> fluttering right now because <laughs> I grew up in a household where like comic books were the thing and that's where, you know, my dad was really into it and we had this collectibles business. So that immediately makes me really excited. But I, I definitely would have been an extrovert in that household. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so and it, it actually, it's great that you bring up that that boy, because I feel like in some senses, I almost had the same experience of, you know, having these two sides of myself. And in my experience, it just seems that there's a huge gray area. There's not one or the other. So, um, you know, when you talk about introvert versus extrovert, I've taken a number of personality tests in my personal life. And then also for my job, you know, they ask you like 50 something questions, and you got to answer them within like 20 seconds. And you really can't, you know, think twice about it. you just quickly answer it. And um, half the time you're like, I, didn't I just answer this question? You end up answering like five of the same. And it's, I don't know, the process always seems to be a bit stressful because you feel like you have to answer it a certain way. Yeah, I think that, you know, I, I remember in a psych class I took a long time ago, they, they say that they ask the re, um, redundant questions to see if you're just randomly bubbling in anything. I mean, that, that, I, I think that's the reason because they want to make sure you're not falling asleep and just being like A, 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 A. So they ask the same redundant questions to see if the answers are consistent. But I think that's just like a safe, like a kind of like a quality check on, on whether you're actually taking the test. But. It definitely could be. I mean, it, I mean, when I was taking the test, I felt like I wanted to fall asleep. But. Yeah, same here. Same here. Those things can be boring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the most recent one I actually took was for my job. And it actually was really great because I forget the actual name of it, but there was about 36 different types, if you will, or different characteristics. It could be like positivity, achiever, like the woo factor, like all these different things. And um, it was really great to kind of see how my personality is. But then at the same time, you know, part of you could think, oh, I don't know if this actually, I don't think this 100% is defined who I am. It's almost like when people relate to zodiac signs, you're like, no, 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 like, you're not just a Gemini, like, you're not two-faced, like, no, 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 <laughs> there's, <laughs> we're such complex beings, you can't just define yourself by a term. Yes, yes, yes. I've, I'm a Gemini, and I always read that, and it, 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 it always it always depresses me because we're always d defined as being two-faced, sinister, fake. I, I did, I did I actually, I did speak to this lady who does tarot card readings, and she told me that it, it just means you're highly adaptable. And I was like, okay, th that's a much friendlier definition. I'm, I'm willing much to go nicer. with that. Yeah, that's much nicer. <laughs> I was like, you should you should write for the Times and put in those descriptions. <laughs> Okay, so tell me about, so you, you took this personality test for your work. When you got the results, did you feel like, yeah, this is me? Or were there things that you questioned on it? 
I definitely think that there was some relatability with the five top characteristics that were relating to, to myself, but at the same time, right, there's always a flip side. So you have the five characteristics that relate to you, but then there's like the negative aspects of those five characteristics that they're, I don't know, looking at them made me feel not so great about myself, <laughs> but um, also I had did it with my whole team, which is about eight people. And we all had a meeting to kind of, you know, just co- compare and kind of get a sense of like who quote unquote we're working with in terms of our strengths. And it was just really interesting to see people get other things. And there's almost a point of envy of like, oh, I wish I got that characteristic or like, I think that relates to me. But then I don't know, there's also the, the question of the characteristics that are spit out. Are we, are we confirming that they're based on our actual traits be, just because they're there or because it actually means something, you know, it's, I mean, there's always a place where you can relate to something. Yeah. So are we justifying it or is it actually true i don't know yeah no because you might be called something and then you're trying to rationalize as to what you've been identified i don't even know why our natural impulse is to like defend the test almost like yes yes i am i am so i'm just curious on this personality test were you labeled an introvert or an extrovert so it wasn't necessarily introvert or extrovert it was more of like um, my top five, I think it was like, likes to learn, like really positive, like um, achiever input, which was weird because it was about like watching the news or obtaining information, which I guess in a sense, again, maybe it relates to me. I'm not really sure in certain instances, but all around, I think some of it did have to do with being an, uh, an extrovert, which I definitely would identify myself as an extrovert, but I Definitely, definitely. And a lot of my friends can attest to this. Like there are moments like a, like a switch is flipped and I immediately like need to leave a social setting because my batteries are so run out and I like become a hermit. Like don't talk <laughs> to me. Don't look at me. I need to go home and like reset before I can socialize and be extroverted again. Yeah. Yeah. No, no we're totally going to get to that. Um, going back to these tests, I feel that they always try and make everything positive, right? Like, 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 even, even if let's just say you are a loner or something, they have a wonderful way of likes to be self-motivated or work alone. You know, like, I, I feel that it tries to rationalize every like facet of your behavior and, and identify to your personality. But speaking about like a workplace scenario, it doesn't even take into account the type of job that you might have. I mean, maybe you have, maybe your particular job at that company just requires you to do things by yourself. And that's kind of what you just have to do. When I had, luckily I did this as my, with my team. And so we could all see our strengths together, which I think in some ways actually helps us. It's, it's actually really helpful in some ways because you get to know, you know, these are the strengths that I should play on. And then maybe these are the weaknesses I should keep an eye out for. But essentially, right, they say play to your strengths and not your weaknesses. So if they're highlighted, Mm. then you have that moment of like, okay, I know that I'm really good at, you know, curiosity, if you will. So I'm going to play to that strength and like ask a lot of questions at work or like be the person to take the initiative to like learn that program or whatever it is. Just out of curiosity, what were some of the things that were labeled your weakness? Um, weakness. Honestly, I'm drawing a blank on you're it. You're perfect, I, I, Gabby. Just you're perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm drawing a blank on it because the the type of terminology that they used, um, it didn't necessarily say like this. These are your weaknesses. It was more of like, um, I think they called ceilings and basements. So it was yeah. like this is the top point, and then this is the lowest point. So like for um, my first characteristic was input, which is like retaining information the lowest point was that I retain literally pointless information so which I could definitely see that I like I like love to learn but at the same time do I necessarily need to learn all these bits of information and I'm like soaking my brain up with garbage I don't think so but at some points like we had discussed yesterday like you know my brain one day is going to pull out that nugget of gold when x event happens and I'm going to be like, oh, well, it was worth it. I finally, I finally got to use that little bit of information. I'm going to be honest with you, Gabby, probably, I've probably 
not gotten jobs because of personality tests. And I, you know, there's no way to ever know, like, like, unless you email and be like, Hey, did I really bomb that personality test? Could you let me know? Like, there's really no way, but a lot of questions ask, like, how well do you work with others? Do you like to just accomplish things on your own? And I'm the kind of person that always just chooses, Oh, I like doing that on my own. I like doing this by myself. And as you can see, right, I, I seem to be a fairly social guy and, and like I love talking to people. I love getting to know people. I, I absolutely love that. But when it comes to doing work, you know, I don't really like group work all that much. And that doesn't make me an, an introvert. It just means I don't like working for other with others. And the reason for that is, you know, especially having been a teacher, is that you have five, six, seven people on a team. And then one person gets stuck with all the work or you have. I guess that was you. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're getting to it. And I'm like, I know exactly what he's talking about. Because I was that same exact person who'd be like, okay, you're going to delegate all these tasks to everyone else. And you're going to be the person to do it all. And then of course, naturally, everyone doesn't do what they're supposed to do. Or like the expectation, like things fall short of what you want. And then you're just like, well, I should have just did it myself. Yes, exactly. There, there, there is that. But there's also just different visions. People yeah. have different visions. Like I, I worked with somebody once before and she was a very, have you ever worked with one of these people that's like a just so, like everything has to be just so in their world where I'm kind of like, well, let me just do it this way. And no, 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 that's, that's completely like, she was like a OCD when it comes to like organization or the way the binder looked or some nonsense like that. And I, <laughs> 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 oh, you would, Gabby. Gabby, you would hate me in the office because I, I'm, <laughs> I, I am Mr. Like cluttered desk and like papers falling, falling from my head or something. But, <laughs> um, you know, like the thing is, is that like I'm, I don't work that way. I don't have that like OCD, like the binder needs to be organized just so kind of person. I, I kind of have a thousand things on my desk but I know exactly where everything is in my mind. Like I, I can reach into some random pile and be like, yep, I got it. I, I didn't forget about it. So that's one of the things that I think really personality tests don't really capture is I love to be social. I like to go to parties. I like to talk to people, get to know them. I just don't like working with people. And I'm wondering if these work personality tests are labeling people introverts, but they just happen to be an introvert when it comes to doing work. I mean, again, that goes back to like gray areas. Like you just, you never know. And no, no test, no Myers-Briggs, none of that is ever going to hundred percent highlight who a person is. And also we're continually growing as human beings. So, you know, if you were to take a test three months ago and you have an event or, you know, something happens in your life where you've changed as an individual, like that test is going to be completely different. And at the end of the day, is this, it is a test. Like we're all multifaceted humans. We change between groups. We change from a social setting to a work setting to a family setting. Like it's just, it's just in our nature. But here, but here's the thing, Gabby, like tests are supposed to have like, like two, two really important components, reliability and validity. Validity means that it's measuring what it's supposed to. Reliability means that if this is a real personality test, I should be able to take that test like a hundred different times and get the same exact answer, the same exact personality. Even if they uh, reword the questions, like it should be super reliable that I should be able to take it as many times as I want over the course of as many years. And that should define me. So if what you're saying is true, that like I could be going through a really uh, rough patch for three months and I'm labeled an introvert and then I get over that, you know, and now I'm, I'm, I'm back to being an extrovert. I'm like, well, just how reliable is this? Like if, if, if my personality could change in three months why do we even need to have a test why doesn't the, the the employer just say hey man did you break up with your girlfriend you look pretty down right now you must be an introvert for the <laughs> for the moment <laughs> I mean uh, testing in general is something that like when I was a teacher used to get under my skin because like people are so much more than tests kids yeah. that I used to teach are so much more than tests and yet we put them in this box so gut like my gut my soul my heart my brain like we're, I'm all saying no to validity but I mean that's not to say that it's 100% incorrect. There does speak some truth. You know, there is some truth that's spoken for those tests that are taken, but I don't think it's 100%, you know, going to explain or show who this individual is. It's just, I don't think it's possible. 
Let me let me ask you this, and this is someone. Uh, this is something that someone else pushed back on me with this. Did you ever take like a personality test to find like you work in marketing, right? So I'm wondering, mm -hmm. did you ever take an initial aptitude or personality test to show like, hey, I would make a great marketing major? I actually, when you mentioned that before, I, I don't think I have. I mean, I think you're supposed to take them before you go to college, but I went to a community college, so I think they're <laughs> kind of like, meh, like figure yeah. it out on your own. I don't, I don't know. I just, I've definitely heard of them and I've thought about it like taking them when I was younger and wasn't really sure what direction I should go in. I mean, did you take one? Did you, did the answer like, I don't, I, clear I, to you or? Yeah, I don't, I don't believe that I ever like took one in, in, in high school or anything. I think that I just kind of naturally knew what it is that I was all about and what it is that I would like and, and not like. I think I'm just, I'm trying to think because like maybe there is somebody and I did talk to a few people who took these tests and they said, yes, because I scored this way on a personality test, I decided to major in acting. Like I've actually met people like that. And I'm like, well, well, God bless you. You know, I'm glad that that test did something for you. I'm glad that it, it taught you that that was a role that you should have. I mean, I, I know that I like in my day to have a balance between like maybe working four hours just in solitude. And then I also like two to three hours of just collaboratively talking or running ideas past people. So I think I'm, I have like a capacity for both, but yeah, I guess maybe it depends on how, how much you want to spend your day a certain way. Yeah. And it's funny too, that you bring this up because one of the biggest challenges I had during all of COVID was I had started a new role and my previous role, I was an assistant where I'm very like just working in my own world and kind of solving my own problems for the people I work for. And then to go into this marketing role was super team focused and everyone's collaborating and you're asking a bunch of questions. So like halfway through my, you know, my year, when I had my six month review, they were like, listen, like you're doing great work, but you need to be more of a team player. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm blowing it. Like, it's just, it's so, um, it's something I'm not used to either. And like, I, I love working by myself more than I do with people, but something I'm noticing is that, you know, you don't know everything. And so these people who have been in the industry know more than I do. And it's important for me to not shut them out just because I'm comfortable being alone. Like sure. I have to push myself to be in those situations so that I learn and grow as an individual. You know, that, that's interesting that you got that performance uh, review. I'm wondering, do you think it's possible that uh, have you, you've worked with multiple teams before? Do you think it's possible that Gabby is more extroverted working with team A than she is with team B? Uh, that, that's, I don't know. <laughs> You're posing a question that I, you know what it is too? I think it, it differs between the, the department, right? Some people, they, if, like the people that I used to work for were in tax and treasury, which is very like, you don't really need to work together. It's like, you're doing tax forms and you're like processing like certain trade deals. Like it's not really a team effort. Whereas in a creative field, you are more collaborative because you have the brain of it, like the marketing team who's coming up with the campaigns and then the graphic designers who are actually creating the, the, the material. So you, you have to work together. I don't know Adobe Illustrator. I right. So it's, I literally wouldn't be able to get my job done if I didn't talk to them. But I think there are definitely challenges between the two from a um, meant like a standpoint of like their knowledge and what we're doing on a day to day. But also, honestly, gender makes I feel like plays a huge difference. Like I used to work for literally all men who were just like really, really easy to deal with. And now I work with predominantly women who are honestly like so wonderful and they're super creative. But sometimes I feel like we bunk heads because we're all women. Like it's, it's like, I mean, there are some men and they balance this out, but I feel like sometimes there's just like a lot of, I don't know, hormones. There's a lot of estrogen going on and it's a little crazy. Yeah, it's, it's funny you mentioned that because, you know, I, I, I was a teacher and uh, the teaching field is 70% female, just right off the bat. Oh yeah. And I remember I was in this, uh, this one meeting and every single teacher in that meeting was female. And th they were also at an age where each of them had had a kid already. And the conversation took a turn to pain while giving birth. Oh, my and God. Oh, <laughs> like, boy. Oh, boy. Did I become <laughs> the most introverted 
like I literally, <laughs> Gabby, I literally melted into the wall. That, that's how introverted, like, you couldn't even see me at that point. I was so introverted. <laughs> yeah, that, that's something I, th- I feel like the, the gender dynamic and other things, they, you know, hiring managers just or, or our society or corporate, like we just don't even think about that at all. Like we just think, well, I mean, like, oh. I feel like if we did, that would be discrimination. Like technically we can't do that. I mean, we try to, obviously you want to diversify the pool of the company as much as you can from gender, race, religion, like everything, um, background. I mean, that's, I think why even part of the reason why I brought value to the, my current role is because I didn't come from marketing. So my brain is like processing and basically bringing ideas that the people who were trained in marketing aren't aware of. Mm, so there mm. are benefits again to gender and different backgrounds and stuff like that, but um, I, I'm wondering be really if, careful. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right about that. And you obviously want the best people on that team, regardless of, of um, what gender or whatever they are. I'm wondering, you know, do you think it makes sense that if possible, to stick to like a one-to-one ratio, like for every female on the team, have a male that just so these, these like groups are more just mixed a little bit. And there's different energies kind of like in that swimming pool. I don't know if that makes any sense. I don't know if it does either. Just because again, like it's really complicated. And I mean, even for the teaching thing, right. It's like, Oh my God, a male teacher, like this is amazing. You're probably like the golden child, like the one out of everyone, um, (laughs) which is obviously fantastic, but to almost, say no to someone, you know, to reject someone from getting the job they deserve specifically for their gender or hiring someone specifically because they're a, you know, male or a female. I don't think either one is right. It's the person who's more qualified for the job. Right. I've yeah. seen that before. Like I used to work for now I'm in marketing for our properties division, but I used to be in the asset management side, which is predominantly like men, like older men, we're doing trade deals, hedging, things like that. Like things I don't even touch on. I don't even understand it. And, you know, in the hiring process, we always, again, best candidate gets it. We very, very, very rarely got female candidates. So whenever we didn't have a candidate that was a female on the, in the rotation, it was like, oh my God, like keep her in, keep her in. We got to We got to We got to keep her. Try to get her. I'm wondering like if that might be due to like, this idea that she would then like, let, let's say you did hire her and then she was working with these like older men, would she thus like become like the introvert of that group? Because she wouldn't be like, for example, you know, when I worked with a lot of females, girls love complimenting each other's shoes. They're like, Oh, oh yeah. Nice, nice shoes or whatever it is. <laughs> and I, I'm a dude. I can't get away with that kind of stuff. Right. Like, Oh, I, I don't, oh I, no, no, no. It, I could argue that if you, I, <laughs> there have been times where guys will stop me on the street and say, I love your shoes. And I'm like, Oh, really man i gotta yeah yeah, i gotta learn from the pickup line use it as a pickup line or just like and (laughs) i'm telling you it will make a difference i gotta learn i don't know i don't know if i have that that touch but but (laughs) we'll we'll talk offline about that but i i think that those are like bonding things that occur right and and when you when you're in a group and you don't have bonding material you're going to become an introvert or even worse, they might actually think you're antisocial when you're not. It's just that you don't know, you don't have that thing. Like I think the equivalent thing for guys would be sports, right? Like that's yeah. their like nice shoes or whatever kind of like things to say to one another in, in bonding. And I'm wondering like, how, how can we even account for this? I think it's, it's important to ask a lot of questions and to listen. Because I, on my last team, again, they're all men, they're all older, they've been in the business for X amount of years, I had zero experience from an asset management perspective. And I just I got to know them, I asked questions straight up, like, hey, do you like this candy? Or like, do you like this? Or I would try to inject myself as much as I could, to find commonalities. And then you use your secret sauce, whatever it is, whether you're outgoing, or like, you know, whatever it is to try to, to basically be the glue and make everything stick. Mm. That that actually makes me believe that you are a true extrovert, Gabby. And, and I think that's the true test of an extrovert when they're tossed into a situation that uh, on the surface makes them feel uncomfortable, but then they really, really push like, okay, I'm in an, a room with older 60 year old men. I'm going to learn about the cool things that the, the things that they're into. I think I think that's a testament to being a true extrovert. I think maybe, <laughs> now that I think about it, like 
it's definitely my strong suit to be able to just strike up a conversation with someone. Um, it's not too difficult. Although sometimes it makes me like cringe inside because I don't want to do it, but I know there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and again, you learn something new. So, I mean, these people, I had no experience in the industry and I learned a tremendous amount, which is where, like why I got to where I am now. You see, I, I think I need to push myself. I, when I was back in that room, I should have been like, tell me more about morning sickness or something. I should have <laughs> really pushed myself. So I, I think maybe that's an example where I do have some uh, like latent introvert characteristics where if push comes to shove and I'm just feeling uncomfortable, like I, there is like a, a line in the sand that I just won't cross. Whereas I think you are willing to cross it. Well, that it takes some time. It's like a muscle to be worked. I, I mean, I started off doing like little things. Like, I don't know if you've heard of it, but there's like this self-development five second rule where you like count down from five, five, four, three, two, one. And at the one you're supposed to do whatever it is that's scaring you so that you don't even give your brain talking yourself out of whatever it's doing. So if you start from something small, like complimenting a girl's shoes or like whatever it is, you know, stopping someone on the street to say, blah, blah, blah. Like those little moments kind of, um, what's the word? It kind of compounds so that you could do those bigger things, but it's never, it's never easy. I wouldn't say it's easy. It's always like, I kind of want to vomit inside, but I mean, still do it. <laughs> I, I think, no, I think that's not a bad idea. I think, I think maybe, maybe I'll try that one day. I don't know if I'll ever be in, in that kind of scenario again, but if I am, I will try it. You know, I'm, I'm, and I'm actually curious to see what will happen. Let's, let's uh, switch. So I want to go back to what you said very much uh, earlier in the conversation about the, uh, you being like the energizer bu bunny. So walk me through how your day goes where, because it's interesting that you can be introverted and extroverted all in the same day. So walk me through what your day looks like and how that happens. Um, so I think in the more, I'm more of a morning person. So generally speaking, like by the time I get to work around eight, I'm like good to go. I'm like happy. I'm like talking to everyone. Like I slept, my batteries have been recharged. I'm good to go. By the time like one, 2 PM rolls around, I'm starting to feel really tired or I'm digesting my lunch and feel that sluggish, you know, the 2 PM feel that everyone has. That's when I start to get a little cranky. <laughs> I like <laughs> eat that or I get hangry. That's a thing. Um, hangry, but yeah. it just, there's a very find quick switch where if I'm feeling depleted, I just, um, I don't know. I just don't want to talk to people. I need like a moment to myself to kind of, um, again, recharge, kind of reflect a bit, maybe, um, think some things through, go for a walk, clear my head. And it's not because I had a negative experience. It's just, I just, my social, my social batteries, I'm just done. I just mm. need to, I need to be away. That's why I try to stay away from going to clubs or, um, anything that has like a lot of, a lot of people and not because I'm like claustrophobic. I just, after a while, it just, I need, like need my space. Like you're all in my energy. Like I need to, I need to go away. No, because this, this is very interesting because somebody could meet you at 1030 in the morning and think, Whoa, that's the most extroverted person I've ever met. And then, you know, it's 4.30 in the afternoon, you're tired, you're looking at the clock, oh, it's almost five o'clock, I'm almost out of here. And then they're like, Gabby, Gabby, we're all going out to the club, we're all going out to the bar. And you're like, guys, I'm not really feeling it. And now you're labeled an introvert or, or um, socially inward or whatever, or socially awkward. And it's like, how, 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 how accurate is, are all of these labels if who you are in the morning is different than who you are at 4.30 in the afternoon. I mean, that's why I've also kind of limited who I'm around because my true friends, the people who actually really care about me, they, they know the difference between when I'm on and when I'm off and they, mm. we respect each other's boundaries. So, you know, the people who are asking me to go out, most likely they know, they know if, if I'll, if I'm down for it or if I need to go home, maybe relax, decompress, and then I can, do whatever it is I'm doing um, with them. But there's also, you just pick up on the energy of people and it's hard, it's hard to say. I just, I, over the years, I've become more introverted and been really selective about who I socialize with. So to protect my energy and like my energy levels in general and um, all that good stuff. I, I, I want to touch upon the first thing that you said and we'll move to the second thing. So it's almost as if like in order for somebody to assess your personality, 
they have to know you for a long time and they have to know you fairly well. Like it's impossible to just meet you once at 1030 in the morning or let's say maybe even just working with you for a week is not enough because I, I, I might work with you for a week. And then, oh, oh, wow, she's, I noticed that girl over there in the corner office doesn't hang out with us when we go out to happy hour. She must be antisocial. She must be an introvert. And I'm kind of making these assumptions about you because I actually don't really know you all that well. It's definitely a valid point. I think people have definitely made that assumption about me, but also as I'm getting older, I just don't care as much. I really don't care as much. I work with someone and they were getting to know each other before we're you know, been in the, the mud for, for a while, um, like this new team that I've been working with, um, I'll tell them straightforward, like, listen, like, I need, I need a little bit of a, mo I need a moment, I need to like recharge. And they're like, yeah, 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 that's fine. I think I've just been more accustomed to just blatantly saying what's going on. Like, it's not that I don't want to drink. It's not that I don't want to go out. I just need to collect my thoughts. I need to go home and have a good meal. And then we'll go from there. It's nothing personal. Yeah, yeah, that that's that's important. Let's let's talk about the uh, the second thing you mentioned is what what kind of would you think it's just maturity because I th I think in the last podcast that we did you said that you when you were a kid you were really 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 extroverted and now that you're getting older you've become more introverted. Tell me about maybe some of the people that you've brushed elbows with that have kind of made that transformation happen or is it just maturity? I don't know which one it is. I mean, as we get older, I feel like we're all getting more tired. So I think a part of that, part of that comes into play. But I think it's just personality differences because, like, for example, I know this one guy who he's wonderful. We get along really well, but we're like completely opposite ends of the spectrum. Like he could go, 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 go for like a week on end, go out drinking, like then go home, like chug Pedialyte, like have an egg sandwich and like go to work. Like I could never in a million years do that. Or if I did... I would be so cranky and so mean. And by the end of the week, I would want to die. Like I just, for me, that doesn't work. And for some people it's totally fine. So I think that's part of a body chemistry thing going on too. I just, mm. I can't handle things like that, but it maybe it's maturity because we're, I feel like in some ways we're super different. Like I'm goal setting. I'm doing all these things to further my career, you know, taking courses, doing all this, doing this podcast with you. And he's still out going to ragers every night. So, it's, right. you know, and we're about the same age. So it's, you know, not to say well, someone is better than the other because, you know, he's living his life and maybe it could be said that I'm not living my life to the fullest in my 20s, but I'm not, I'm not entirely sure how to answer the question. No, no, you, I think you, I think again, you answered the question without even knowing it. And I think, <laughs> I, I think, I think it's a system of values that's at play here because your story is actually my story. Um, I was actually that guy, you know, especially when I had just turned 21, I was definitely hitting the clubs and, and going out every Friday night. And, and like, sometimes I look back at that time in my life and I would get to work at, you know, eight o'clock in the morning and I would be rolling on home on the subway at like 4 a.m. And I'm like, <laughs> I've done that before too. <laughs> yeah, you know, no, seriously, like you, you're, you and your buddy are like the only one on the subway there, kind of creepy and whatever. I have some crazy stories about that too. But the, the idea is, is that there came a point where I didn't even recognize that version of Aaron because I would just naturally get tired at like 10 p.m. And for the longest time, I thought, okay, well, I'm in my 30s now. I'm older. I, my body, it must, it must just be my body that's older, and that's why I get tired, and that's why I don't want to go out to the club until whatever time. But here's the thing. I've got friends that are the same exact age as me that are still rocking the lifestyle. So and, – and I don't think my body is all that much different than their body, so I'm thinking to myself – I don't think it's just an older person thing. Like I actually, I, I, I don't, I used to think that it was just becoming older. This is really a value-based system. It's not that I don't think that your body is any weaker or older at your current age than it was like five years ago or something. I think what it is, is that you want different things out of life. That's true. I can definitely attest to that. I mean, when we compare, when I compare myself to other people, who are doing completely different things. We just, we don't have the same goals or mindset and they're happy. I'm happy. And we're just different. Yeah. Yeah. And that, but that, that difference could convert somebody. Like once your value changes, 
then you could go from being an extrovert to an introvert. That's true. I mean, I think I've done that. I mean, when I was younger, I was so much more extroverted. And then I feel like I've kind of gone in a wave. So I've been extroverted, then introverted, extroverted, and then introverted. Because like in college of all times in my life, I was super introverted. Like I barely socialized because I was working all the time between student teaching and, and class and everything. And then once I got out of that and moved into my first apartment, I was like, yeah, living the life in New York City. Like, yeah, again, yeah. doing the same thing. You like sleep for two hours, chug a coffee and go to work. And it's like normal. But um, you could also, you know, there there is that. And now now I'm just this is just coming to me now. There could also be what we call like the bad night out. You could actually and I think I've had this before where I was highly on an extroverted plane. And then I had, quote unquote, the bad night out when someone did something really disrespectful, really stupid, or I did something, but, you know, stupid or something. And now it's like at a point where as a result of this, like really bad night out, I am now going to become an introvert for the next five months. And it's not a conscious decision. I'm not like consciously saying, oh, okay, on, you know, September 29th, I did something foolish. Therefore, I will now embark upon this road of introversion it's more like man that really sucked I, I need to like shape up and like stop hanging around these people yeah I've had plenty of those moments as well and I think again that's why it's led me to where I am today is making those small changes but it's usually always with drinking after you drink too much you're like I don't want to <laughs> do that again and then I mean you end up drinking again but uh, maybe not to the same uh, degree but yeah, I've definitely had a lot of those moments in my life, mostly in New York City, which is, I mean, there's so much going on around here. It's inevitable that it's something's going to happen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and, then, and it's interesting because you have some people who have a hangover and then they're like, man, this is just the worst experience I've ever had in my life and they're done. And then there's people that have hangovers and then they wake up the next day, they're sick all morning, all afternoon, and then they start feeling better at like 7.30 at night. They're like, yeah, yeah, I can go back out again, you know, and they do the same exact thing <laughs> over and over. So it's kind of interesting that some of us have these built-in mechanisms that tell us like, you had your time as an extrovert, now it's introvert season, you got to change your, your mental wardrobe out there, and others don't. Now that you mentioned season, I actually think it might be a seasonal thing too, because me between summer, fall, winter, and spring is super different, right? Like when January hits, everyone like kicks it into high gear and maybe they're not going out as much because they're dieting or they're working on their new business or whatever it is. Um, but then when summer comes around, you're like, yeah, rooftops, beach, like yes. white claw, like gonna go out. And then after summer, fall hits and you're like, oh my God, I feel disgusting from the summer. Let me get it together. And then you power through the holidays and you know, it's just like the cyclical thing that happens. Yeah, no, I think I think I, I, that was something I didn't even think of, Gabby. Is that in the in the winter and also the types of activities you're doing. So let's say you have an outdoorsy type personality, you like hiking and the bike riding and the jogging and all this other good stuff. If it's winter, you might develop like a seasonal depression almost because <laughs> when you're hanging out with people, it's all in bars or I mean it's COVID now, so not even that's happening. But it's all it's all in indoor spaces. And you're going to get labeled as being the introvert because you don't want to like hang indoors and play board games and drink shots or something. But then the summer rolls around and it's your element where it's volleyball games, it's jogging and stuff. And now you're back to being an extrovert. I mean, I definitely can relate to that. Like I love the summer and especially having moved into the city this past year, like I was at Central Park almost every single day, which is something I didn't normally ever do. Um, which was a really wild experience to go from someone who kind of hung out inside and like on the weekends was spending most of my time doing errands. And now here I am like sipping rosé and like playing cards with all my friends, like definitely very extreme, but I, I definitely can understand the winter part because it just, I want to be inside and be cozy and watch Netflix and all the holiday stuff and, <laughs> you know, get my fat pants on and eat all the holiday cookies or, you know, I, I mean, and look, to even make this more complicated, you're probably hating me for this, but someone might even argue, well, the true extrovert would be there playing board games and doing the volleyball games in the summer. Like they'll, they'll do, like, they're so desperate to hang out with people that they will bend and contort or like whatever the hell's going on. They'll do, polka, mean, they'll do polka dancing if there's people there. <laughs> it almost makes me feel like our conversation yesterday about alcoholism, like, you know, and you wonder if being too much of an extrovert or introvert 
is like a bad thing, right? Mm, if yeah. You're, you're go, 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 go. Or you're like hermit, 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 hermit. Like there's always, I don't know if there's a, you know, balance is a good thing. I think balance with food, lifestyle choices, everything is always good. Yes. And, and I think on the, um, on the extroverted side of things, you don't want to just do things because people are there. And then that, that is like a recommendation that I kind of give here. Like, and, and the reason I say that is that if people sense desperation in your wanting to hang out, they might actually end up taking advantage of you. I, I've seen this happen before. Um, just, you know, they see, oh, this person's lonely. They want to hang out. And they, they, they kind of take you for granted. I've definitely been that person. (laughs) Well, thanks for being vulnerable here, Gabby. Yeah, I mean, I think we've all experienced. Yeah, me too, me too, for sure. Social, you know, it's inevitable, especially when you're younger and you're trying to navigate different personalities, bullying, and now with the internet, like that's a whole other monster, but um, there's a lot to be said on that. (laughs) There's definitely a lot. That's kind of a point. And I think we all have this maybe in our teenage years or early 20s where there's probably a time in each of our lives where we were bending over backwards to be the agreeable extrovert like yes 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 so yeah I'm, I'll be there I'll be there blah, blah, blah. you know and I think especially in our 20s I think we're very we really want to be around other people because we want to formulate some sense of belonging or, or community or something like that and we bend over backwards to hang out with people we bend over backwards to go to places that are really far like honestly I used to go all the way to places knee deep in Brooklyn like Bay Ridge and stuff and it would be like a two and a half hour subway ride sometimes three hours to get home or an expensive i didn't have money that much money back then you can i couldn't even afford like a cab to go from blah 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 you know back and forth so you'd be stuck with these long train rides or expensive cab rides and you realize that that's like a dangerous version of extroversion where you are putting yourself into danger and you're inconveniencing yourself to hang out with people and then you have to you have to reflect inward and say would these people do the same for me? Would they come to my neck of the woods and take a three-hour subway ride home? You know what? I used to be a yes woman, if you will. Yes, man. And used to say yes to everything. And then once I moved to the city and you see, I've lived in Queens, I've lived in Brooklyn, and now I live in Manhattan. And to see how, like, if you ask someone to go to your where you live and then vice versa, you can completely weed out half your friend group because nice. most people aren't, no, I mean, but really like there were no. plenty of times where people I was dating, friends, family, whoever it is that in that time of need or a special occasion when you're asking them, even if it's one time, like it's my birthday, like I would love for you to come out. Oh, no, 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 it's too far. But then, you know, for God forbid you go and see them, like it's, that's normal. That's fine. I don't, that's just, no, cool. <laughs> that, 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 that is not cool. And that's people exploiting your extroverted behavior. And, and, and my, like being an Atterboro kid myself, I live in Queens and you got people that are knee deep in Brooklyn. I make a compromise. I'll say downtown Manhattan or Midtown or something along those. And that's a compromise. Like you have to take a, a nice 45 minutes to an hour subway ride. I have to take an hour subway ride. I'm not counting the stops. I'm not like, you know, I'm not using a compass and looking at a map and, and figuring that stuff out. You have to be able to at least meet in, in some equilibrium space where each of you is slightly inconvenienced, but it's not going to be such a bad ride home. Yeah. And I mean, really travel part of it, that small inconvenience should be such a small piece of the puzzle. Like you should enjoy each other's company so much that that little bit of travel doesn't even matter. And that's why some people who do long distance relationship, that kind of shows a testament to how much they like each other and how much they're willing to make it work because they're not right around the corner from each other. Yes, absolutely. I I think that there, there needs to be, um, like push on, on, on both ends. No, absolutely. Going back to our comic, book friend here what would you like say say to this kid like would you if you were looking on as his teacher or as his parent would you force this kid to 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 kind of become more extroverted and, and say hey i know that the kids in school 
don't like reading the same comic books as you, but you need to really push yourself and you really need to um, start getting interested in the things that they're interested to, or would you kind of label him an introvert or would you be this super enlightened parent that's like, well, my, my kid is a introvert in school, but I get him to the comic book club or the comic book store and he becomes an extrovert there. I'm wondering how you would kind of deal with this from a, like a developmental standpoint. Yeah, this is, um, that's a really interesting question. I, um, I used to be a nanny. So there was always the conflict of like, do I put my teacher hat on or like the quote unquote motherly hat when these questions are posed? So I think it's great if someone's an introvert and for comic book kid, I think he, it would be good for him to be more extroverted and like experiment with different things because he won't know if he likes something unless he tries it. But to say that he should push himself to take interest in things that other people like just for the sake of having that connection, I think is that's inauthentic because you're pretending to like something that you don't actually like. And the whole point of life, if you will, is to enjoy it. So if you're not enjoying it, then why are you here? You know, so he should keep doing it. He should keep enjoying what he's enjoying, um, but maybe push to try something else. From a parent perspective, I just care if my kid's happy. So if he's happy, like in his own little bubble, you know, and comic books are the thing that bring him joy and he has friends who like comic books too and maybe they don't go to the same school or they're only at one specific place like you know I would do everything in my power to make sure that he or she was happy doing what they enjoy but that doesn't mean I won't give them a nudge or the tools to try to do something new but I definitely wouldn't push someone to or to do something that they not that they don't feel comfortable doing but that would feel not fun or good for them. Yeah, no, I, I, I liked, I think the, the key word, and I liked what you said is, is really the happiness component here, mm -hmm. because I, I think that if you are being an extrovert, and it's not making you happy, like I, I was a kid that that went to a like, I was in Little League and stuff. And I really hated Little League did not I don't really like organized sports. Like I said before, I'm more of a martial arts kind of guy. And, you know, I did the little league thing and I hated it. I, it just like, no matter how much it was pushed upon me to develop an extroverted persona in that setting, I couldn't do it because I didn't necessarily care for the, 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 the boys in that setting. And I didn't particularly care for that specific activity. And I think that that was causing a great deal of unhappiness. So I think that that's like, extroversion by force and not necessarily like voluntary extroversion. There's always a gray area with that as well, because as a parent, it is your job to be a parent and you're supposed to kind of, you know, you know, best and your kids don't always know what's best. So what makes them uncomfortable and wants them, you know, they want to kick and scream about things like down the line, it might work out. Like when I, so I actually used to go camping when I was younger and at first I hated it. Me and my brother, we just wanted to be inside watching TV or playing video games. And my mom actually had to lock us out of the camper <laughs> and say, like, go find friends, go do something, go play on the side. Like, I don't want to see Oh, yeah, I've had those time. days. I had those days. You know, <laughs> so, like when I'm when I was younger in seventh grade, I, me and my brother were furious. We're like, how could she? This is terrible. This is going to suck. Like, I don't want to be here. And now I'm, you know, in my late 20s and we still go there and I have people that I know there and like it was the best time like going there every summer and meeting up with the same people was some of the best times I've ever had in my life mm. so if I didn't get the basically the kick in the ass my parents did for me I wouldn't I wouldn't have had those wonderful experiences so I think I think to maybe the compromise is this here I think as a parent and it's kind of weird because both of us are not parents, but I, 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 I think that maybe the compromise is this, that you need, you can't just let your kid be a 100% like a wall loner. Like that's, mm -hmm. that's a very dangerous path. And, and I, I think that there, there is evidence to show that like 100% my kid, um, like I, I've heard these stories of these like kids in Japan, for example, that are complete shut-ins. Like they don't even go to school. They just like lock themselves up in their room. And then that's highly dangerous. And I think you can't allow that to happen. But as a parent, you have to be flexible enough to take your kids to different social settings and see which one clicks with them. So I think, I think the, the parents make the mistake of like, well, you need to socialize in the little league and that's just it. Like that is, that is your only shot to make friends is this 
one specific thing that I deem that you should be doing right now. Whereas the parent actually has to be like, okay, you tried that for a week or two weeks. It didn't work out. It doesn't look like you're clicking there. You're not going to just sit home and play video games. We're going to take you to the arts and crafts, you know, uh, club or something. And we're going to keep throwing you into different social settings until you, you swim in one of them. Yeah. I think that's a great, a great strategy that parents can use. And I think if, especially if you have these conversations with your kid and say, Hey, you know, it's really great if you were to meet new people, try new things and maybe make some sort of deal of like, we're going to try all these things. We'll give you maybe a month. If you really don't like it, we'll move on to something else. Like, and that's totally fine. And so then you allow for a safe space to have conversations about what's working and what's not. Yes. Yes. And then, and like, you should, I think that you should also be clued in to what your kid likes. So that kid obviously has a very overt affinity for comic books. It's like, why are you not taking him to places to become an illustrator? Or why are you not coming? I love that. I love that. I didn't even think about that because when you, you know, when you even think about sports, like there's, you could be, there could be playing sports. There could be watching sports. There can be, you know, there's so many things that could be involved with it. You can be a newscaster. You could be the one of the broadcasters on the actual like TV, whatever the <laughs> phrase is for those people who chat. During yeah. Yeah. So, like, Commentary. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And like, not that you want to necessarily put your child in a situation where you're like, okay, time to spit out like exactly what you want to do in your job. But we, in our society, there's so many different ways you can go in terms of, yes, how you create a living and how you have purpose in life and what that looks like in terms of career. But again, if you were to bring that kid to an illustrator class or maybe like motion design or something, you know, that might be another piece of the puzzle that would lead them to this life down the line. It might also allow them to become more of an extrovert as they get older, because I think what ends up happening with a lot of these jaded introverts is that they have one bad experience in a social setting. So let's say we take comic book kid and we throw him into little league or something. He has one bad experience in that setting. And then he kind of just says, Oh, well, I hate people or I'm not meant to be around people. And that that's kind of like his life takeaway that he takes because that was his only interaction or that was his only experience being around people. But then just by taking him to that illustrator club or whatever, now he's doing well there. And now he's like, I like people. I think it definitely depends on the setting because even for myself, in certain dynamics or in certain uh, places, I find myself more talkative and more energized and ex- like excited about whatever it is I'm doing or talking about. But if I'm, you know, put in a sports bar, like I'm going to be like drooling, like I don't care. So for me, I'm going to become an introvert because I have nothing to bring to the table. Again, that goes with experimentation of like figuring out what works, but. Um, to kind of uh, end off here, do you, so are you still a believer in, in personality, Gabby, or have, mm-hmm. I, have I kind of swayed you to the gray I, area? <laughs> I think of some of my thoughts have been chipped away originally. Yeah, it's still like such a such a big topic to talk about there it's there's so many layers to it yeah I don't think it's one side or that like one way or the highway yeah I think I think that 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 itself might be a, a podcast in itself about like the, the <laughs> <Actually>. broader yeah <laughs> yeah right the the broader issue of personality uh Gabby thank you so much for being on the show today thanks for having me again this concludes the 41st episode of the Truth Island podcast I'm Aaron Azrod.